Welcome, welcome, you guys. There has been something that has come to my attention over the past kind of decade that I've been on my healing transformation journey, and that is that as a galactic being, as someone who's always been spiritually aware, spiritually gifted, a star seed, shall we say, that it's really likely that us star seeds can get into addiction early on. And this idea came to me a while ago. It kind of just came in and I sat with it. And then I got more and more evidence and I talked to more and more people where when you come in so open like you do, and I'm not familiar with all the terms like the indigo and the rainbow and all that. Like I know there are certain terms, so forgive me if I use them interchangeably, but As far as I understand, I just know that humans that come in more developed, higher consciousness, higher awareness, right? We come to this planet with a mission, right? On purpose. We come during this time for a real reason, right? To be here during this time to activate people, right? To start movements, to be a massive leader in shifting us into a new paradigm. And when you're a young child and you come in, to a human body with this kind of openness and this spiritual awareness. Children being super immature, like they don't have the full grasping or understanding of that, right? And so when you're born with these spiritual gifts and you come into a family or a household that isn't super aware or doesn't understand how to nurture your gifts or provide you what you need, I have found a patterning for us starseeds to fall into addiction, like it's much more likely for us. I am almost opening up to the idea that like many, many, many people that either struggle with addiction currently or have in the past, and when I talk about addiction, I'm talking uh, like drugs and alcohol, even though you know we can get addicted to anything, sex, food, Netflix, the phone, social media. And my personal experience was with drugs and alcohol, so that's what I'm speaking to. I have really come to understand that I think it is a direct connection to me being so open and spiritually gifted early on and then not having that support, that foundation, that guidance that I dropped into that kind of addiction. And then there's also some genetics there, right? There's some predisposition in my family addiction with drugs is very fluent in my familial, uh, my family, both sides, right? I come from um, addiction on both sides. So it was kind of like the path of least resistance for me. And I've just really come to this awareness. And so if you're listening and if you've ever struggled If you're currently struggling with drugs or alcohol addiction, I am willing to bet. And this is me just playing around with a a new idea, but I'm, I'm finding more and more evidence, more and more proof from my own life experience and then also, you know, from my studies and conversations that when you're spiritually gifted and you don't have the support, especially as a child, And that the predisposition is there, that it's much easier and more likely for us to fall into drug and alcohol addiction. That's what I've got floating around and what I wanted to do this episode on so that 
maybe that's your story. Maybe you have found, you know, in the past struggling with addiction and it actually very much is connected to your spiritual gifting. And not until I got sober was I able to really, not was I able, I chose to, it was a decision. Not until I decided to get sober and really heal myself did I come to see the patterning. Because when we're in the thick of it, it's very difficult to see what's going on and why. You know, we're just, I was personally, just, I, I just needed relief. I just needed relief. But I have this prominent memory, and I, I don't remember how old I was, but I was young. Well, just say like nine or ten. And I remember being in the bookstore, and I would always go to like the psychic section. I never read like fantasy books, or I was always, 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 I read biographies about real people, and I read personal development books, and I read psychic, <laughs> psychic books. Like that's always been the stuff I've into, and that's still the only stuff I read today. But just from a kid, I would go directly to the psychic section, and I would sit there and read about psychic phenomena and uh, telepathy and, you know, all these different things. I'm, I knew that we were supposed to be able to communicate this way, but I didn't live in a family that nurtured these gifts or even operated or thought in these terms. So there was some benefits from my family, but it certainly wasn't, nobody was really spiritually adept or evolved and didn't recognize that in me, you know, to help facilitate and mentor me in that way. I just wasn't there. And I do believe that, you know, our souls choose the timeline and the family and all of that on purpose. So I know that my life as traumatic and dysfunctional and challenging that it was, so much of it was on purpose because I can mentor a woman into the depths of hell only because I have been there myself. And that is a gold mine, right? Because when we're in that darkness, we need another person to see us there, not necessarily to join us down there and pitch a tent and stay there, right? But to just witness and hold us while we learn to hold ourselves in that darkness. And I can do that, but that only comes from personal experience, from me holding myself in the depths of interpersonal hell. Can I witness another woman in the same state? So I do believe that there is always gold and value in personal experience. So I don't hold any regrets for my life, but addiction played a really destructive part. And I've come to see that now... I use my my gifts and my talents, <clears throat> one of them being my drive, right? I, I get borderline obsessive with things. And before when I was in addiction, it was, I was obsessed really with self-destruction. And I'm a zero to a thousand percent kind of gal, right? I'm a Taurus sun, that bull, that just right? That red flag gets going and they are full speed ahead. That's very much my energy. So that was how I uh, interacted with addiction. It was full speed ahead. Let's go all the way and hope we don't die, right? Fingers crossed. And now that I've done the healing work, I'm that way with my business, with my clients, with my personal development, with being a mom, with being a woman and a wife. Like I am full speed ahead on always evolving, growing, expanding in love, growth, and compassion while creating, you know, my dream life. So it's, it's the same kind of drive that's always been there. It's just the direction that has changed for me. But I really want us to come back to being a star seed. And that term for me is 
someone who has an understanding and a knowing that they're a galactic being, that I don't just belong to earth. And this is just my personal definition, that I am more part of the universe and that my history is not just humanoid, that it's more galactic and there's this universal consciousness and other beings. And that's my personal terminology when I stay starseed is that and we've come here with a divine mission, right? So we've come more awake, more aware, just uh, with an expansive view on Earth's history, our purpose here, being a soul in a human body. You know, some people come and don't ever wake up to that idea, whereas star seeds, uh, we come with that knowing. I have always known from a kid. And I think when you bump up against a society and a family that doesn't nurture that and doesn't really give you the foundation and the mentorship and to to grow your your gifts and teach you how to use them and then you've got that background of addiction I think it's just very easy for us to slip into addiction and some of us don't make it out and some do right I'm a huge success story I was in addiction for probably 10 years I have been I've spent more time out of addiction um it was absolutely painful one of the most painful experiences of my life we have a few minutes so I'll tell you a bit Uh, I got sober when I was 25 I made a decision as I teach all of my students and clients everything begins with a decision when a woman decides right that's like game over when you decide and your whole self is behind it that's 99% of the work and it doesn't make it easy right I had to literally learn how to be a sober woman. I had no fucking idea. No fucking idea. I just knew that I couldn't do what I was doing anymore and I wouldn't spend one more second. I was so willing to devote myself, (coughs) excuse me, devote myself to learning how to be a sober woman. And I spent every day, one foot in front of the other, learning. So if you don't know, I would go to work like eight to five or whatever. And then after work, I wouldn't even go home. I would drive straight to a treatment center. And then I would be in the treatment center from like five to 10. And then I would come home at night. And I did that for like weeks, probably months. Uh, I've been sober for over a decade now. So things get a little fuzzy, especially because I don't, I don't even connect to that identity anymore. I've had so many identity shifts since then. It's, I think it's been 14, maybe 14 years of sobriety that, I have been so many people in between that day I got sober, but there are these moments where I just remember, like I remember making the decision and I'll probably remember that moment when I'm 80 because it was just so powerful, so powerful. I remember, and I remember feeling so desperate. I didn't know how, but I trusted that I would figure it out. And thank God I had some people that were willing to help me. My husband hadn't left me. He was still there. So he took care of the kids while I did the whole treatment thing. And then uh, after I left treatment, I would go to work. And then after work, I would go to meetings. I'd go to a meeting like every day, Monday through Friday. And eventually, I evolved out of that. I didn't need so much hand-holding and so much support. But I also did the steps. I worked the 12 steps. And one of those steps is, and I think they're so complementary to healing, those steps anyone can use them they're spiritual steps they're i think it's number four where you admit your wrongdoings 
and you make amends to all the people that you harmed. Talk about a humbling experience. So in some cases, I wrote letters, and then in other cases, I did face-to-face talking about what I did, my wrongness, my mistakes, where I was at, and how I was going to make it right, that I would spend every day, you know, rebuilding trust and these relationships. I mean, it was devastating. Not only, you know, what I had done in my addiction, devastating, but it's really, really humbling and takes an enormous amount of courage to come to somebody and tell them I was wrong. (coughs) Excuse me. So that was essential to me getting sober because we have darkness, we have deep personal demons when we get into addiction and they worsen, my belief is they worsen in addiction because addiction is so destructive that we just get on this cycle where it's like, we feel so bad that we jump into our addiction, right? And then we do and say things in our addiction that are awful. And then we feel so bad and it, our guilt gets even higher. And then we continue, right? We can't get out of the cycle. It's, it's, it's awful. We have to break that cycle to get out. But we have to confront the pain that caused us to fall into addiction in the first place. Because your normal average person doesn't just drop into addiction. They're not a match, right? They're, they're just not a match. So the people that are a match for addictions have to look at why. Why were you feeling so low about yourself, your self-worth, your different things that happened, your experiences? Like you have to look at that and you have to heal that. Otherwise, you'll stay in that cycle of numbing and looking for relief. You have to become your own medicine. So I had to be willing to look at everything that had happened to me, everything that I had done. I, for a long time, you guys, I drove drunk. Not, not, not for a long time I drove drunk, but for a long time I couldn't even talk about things I had done when I was drinking or on drugs. Like I couldn't even speak it out of my mouth. There was so much shame. And even now I can say them freely and because I've gotten to a place where they're healed and that's not me. Those are things I have done. And I worked every day to, to heal that and be a better person and, and heal that shame. And But there was a time where I couldn't even say, I couldn't even speak these things out of my mouth. I would just bawl. I would just cry. So there's this patterning that happens. But if you're willing to look, <coughs> excuse me, I'm getting over like a cold. If you're willing to look at the reasons that you got to addiction in the first place. And my experience has always been, and how I view anyone in addiction, is they are looking for relief. Things are just so uncomfortable, so painful, that they, they, they need a way out because they don't know how to hold themselves or process whatever it is, right? It's painful. Life is painful. And so we look for some ease. And some of us find it in drugs and alcohol. So I was willing to do the work, whatever it took, and it was challenging. It was hard. Um, but I knew that, you know, I was, I was going to die. I was going to end up killing myself or my children or someone else just because I was so, so reckless. And, you know, if you struggle with addiction, please 
reach out, find me on Instagram or my email on the website or, or anything. I would love to support you in any way that I can because I can 1000% relate to being an addict and the things we do as addicts and being, I was a very, very sick woman and I'm a healed woman. I'm transformed and I, you know, I have a thriving business and I'm an entrepreneur and I've been married 20 years and I have a beautiful family and I, I am an absolute success story. So I want to be a light of inspiration to know that even in your darkest hour, the most beautiful life beyond your wildest dreams is possible, is available. I can tell you right now, it will not be easy in any sense of the word. It gets to be easy later on, but there's a lot of hard work, a lot of hard work, a lot of pain that you got to work through. Because I found addiction compounds like we're already in pain, right? We seek out addiction for that relief. And then we just create so much more pain in the addiction. So you've got like double, triple, quadruple pain to work through once you decide to get sober, especially when you take away that coping mechanism, you know, and you really have to look at and sit in your shit. It's extremely uncomfortable. So surrounding yourself with people who can hold you and support you that are a little bit further along than you. I, I had two, what are they sponsors? I had one sponsor and then I found another woman who she just, she had what I wanted. She had a good relationship. She had a couple years sober. She was wise, right? She was probably like 20 years older than me. Like, and she helped me walk through all the steps. And then I got to a point where like I evolved out, out of, of AA. I know they recommend like people go forever. And I just, that was not my truth. I think I was like two years sober or something. And I, re- I realized like I had gotten all that I needed, all the medicine I received. And I was good. And I've never had a drink since. I've never had a desire, let's say, not even a drink. I've never had the desire to drink. I'm so solid in who I am that I have no desire to numb that anymore. And I think even if I were to have a drink at this point in my life, I'm a completely different person. So it wouldn't even affect me the same way that it did before because before I was using to, to cope and to get away and to check out. Whereas today, if I were to have a drink, it would be from a very different standpoint. Um, even, and I, again, I have no desire and I, I really don't even like the taste of the smell. So it's likely that I'll never have a drink for the rest of my life. Um, but I'm just a different person so that it, it affects me. It's a completely different experience, right? Even though the alcohol is still the same, I'm different. So I wanted to create this because it's just really been in my awareness and I always follow my intuition as to what to speak to, especially on the podcast where I can just have some more open, vulnerable conversations that I want to just plant the idea that it's very possible that if you got into addiction heavily and young, it's very possible that you are just more awake and more spiritually aware and didn't have the right support and guidance and mentorship, I think about like if I had had someone to help guide me, right, that really understood my personality and my gifting and um, kind of accepted who I was and could nurture and develop that, I really think that it, it would have been, you know, a very different experience for me. So I want to offer you that as um, inspiration and value and just know that it will deeply, deeply serve you. And again, if you're having trouble, reach out. 
reach out and I would love to support you in any way that I can. All right. Have a good week, guys. If you've enjoyed this episode, please do share it with another woman who could benefit from its message. Also, if you feel inspired, please do leave a five-star review. It helps support the show and gets our message to more women. If you're interested in becoming a client for transformational coaching or a hypnosis session, you can find me at amityrose.co to read more about what I do and how to work with me. Don't forget to add me on Instagram. I am Amity Rose for daily content and inspiration. As always, thank you for being here and I love you.